Hey everyone, Jason Smith here, host of The Bridge. Hey guys, this is He Young with Roundtable. This is Xu Yawen with World Today. May the year of the Chinese dragon bring you a tide of strength, success, and good fortune. May you be great and unstoppable as a dragon soaring through the oceans. 蛟龙得水，事业腾飞。And I want to wish you, your families, and loved ones good luck, happiness, and prosperity in the new year. I would like to wish you 龙年大吉，大展宏图 ，and may you achieve great success in your endeavors. Happy Chinese New Year! 新年快乐。Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of Roundtable. I'm your host He Yang. In and around the Chinese New Year is a season of family, festivity, and fabulous journeys. Our special series takes you on a whirlwind tour of the world's most thrilling destinations. Tune in for exclusive interviews and insider tips that will make your travels unforgettable. Today, we're embarking on a virtual journey to Fiji. A paradise known for its pristine beaches, vibrant cultures, and hospitable people, with visa-free travel and the untouched beauty of its natural surroundings, can Fiji become the next major beach destination for Chinese travelers? What initiatives are making the biggest impact, and how are these efforts fostering a deeper connection between Fiji and China? I'm delighted to introduce our esteemed guest, who will shed light on these questions, Mr. Brent Hill, Chief Executive Officer at Tourism Fiji. Welcome to Roundtable. Thank you very much for having me. It's、uh, it's a great pleasure to、uh, be on with you, Ho Young, and and on Roundtable. It's fantastic. It's great having you. So first of all, please give us a brief overview or the so-called elevator pitch about Fiji that encapsulates its unique appeal as a travel destination. So yeah, Fiji is the quintessential paradise that you you know dream of. It's、um, a beautiful place that's in the South Pacific. It's made up of three hundred and thirty-three islands. So you know you get very very small islands, some of them uninhabited, all the way through to some of the bigger. Islands that have got、uh, a number of resorts on them. So, when you think of you know beautiful clear ocean,、uh, warm water, coral reefs,、um, and and amazing accommodation, that's what that's what Fiji has. And of course, we have、uh, the wonderful warm Fijian people as well, which is the real、um, I guess trump card of coming to Fiji. Yes, and、uh, also for those of us who are not particularly familiar with Fiji, but we've probably heard of Fiji water, and、um, you know, just associated with the country is clear waters,、yeah. beautiful beaches, and、uh, beautiful lagoons. You know, so many turquoise and blue water areas. I mean, that is just beautiful. And Fiji has these stunning beaches. You kind of. Though need more than beautiful beaches to stand out from the crowd, in comparison to other popular tropical destinations, how does Fiji set itself apart in terms of attractions, culture, and experiences, and maybe more? Yeah, you're totally right. Look, I think the first thing is that you know getting to Fiji is actually relatively simple. You've got direct flights with Fiji Airways five times a week from Hong Kong to Nandi. And then, you know, oftentimes, you know how when you get to a destination, you then have to get on another plane, or you have to get on a two-hour train or bus or something. 
in in Fiji, when you fly into Nandi, most of the accommodation is within about sort of 20 minutes to half an hour of of the airport. So it's very easy to get in, very easy to then get to your resort really quickly. And yeah, Fiji is just such a warm country. You know, it has you know a wonderful. The Fijians are a wonderful people. They're very welcoming. We love tourists. Um, we're very used to having Chinese tourists come. So, you know, definitely um, in that sense, you've got all of those, you know, paradise elements like the the sun, the sand, and the and the ocean. But you also have, you know, some great food and drink. You've got uh, amazing culture uh, and some amazing nature adventures as well. Oh, interesting. So, what are some of the fun things to do at night? <laughs> Yeah, so um, one of the things that I definitely recommend that you do when you come across is uh, there's a show called Vogue, the Vogue Group, and what they do is that they do a really contemporary, uh, modern interpretation of Fijian culture. So think of like a dance show crossed with like hip hop. You know, they have you know incredible you know production values and so on, and that they tell the story of of Fiji. So that's one of the first things that I would say to do when you come to, to Fiji that you can do at night. Of course, you know, there's lots of, you know, dining options, which are, which are fantastic. Uh, and most nights you have the warriors will come out, they'll light all the torches uh, as well. And on, you know, some occasions at some of the resorts, they'll do really special things like firewalking, which is quite unbelievable to see that there's still people who can do that, who can actually walk on really hot stones and, and not be uh, not be burned. I, I don't know how they do it, but it's just a, a part of the Fijian culture. Oh, lovely. And you also mentioned food and drink. And these are two important elements for Chinese people because we treat our yeah. food, our cuisine with great importance. <laughs> that's true. And, you know, like, uh, you know, that's one of the things I love about traveling to China is, you know, just the depth of food that that you have in China. So in Fiji, obviously, uh, it's not as busy as, as China, so we don't have as many restaurants, but we do have some really good quality. And the good thing is you can, you know, one night you can have Mexican, the next night you could have Thai, um, you could have Vietnamese, you could have Chinese, obviously, Japanese. So there's usually at least a decent selection of, of cuisine from around the world. Um, in terms of some of the things that you find in Fiji that are, you know, really special to Fiji, um, you know, some of the fruits are incredible, things like banana, watermelon, uh, fresh mango, you know, it's really beautiful to have those, you know, breakfast fruits in the morning. Um, we do coffee really well in Fiji, so they actually roast a lot of coffee in Fiji. Uh, and then through the day, um, there's actually a really beautiful um, dish called kakonda, which is essentially a seafood dish. Um, so seafood is very, very good in Fiji. So all of the things that you know, Chinese travelers normally love. And also when I was doing research for our interview, I came across this uh, drink called kava. <laughs> yes. And what is that? Is it similar to coffee? So kava is, a, is it's actually a really special cultural drink. So it's actually part of you know, the tradition in Fiji was that if you went to a village, you would actually have a ceremony, a several ceremony. And part of that is that you're given the kava to drink. So the kava is uh, a root crop and they, they pound it and then mix it with water. So it's basically like a, uh, almost like a peppermint, spearmint kind of flavor. But uh, it's definitely something that the first time you taste it, it's like, 
you know, quite uh, an assault on the senses. But um, you don't have to drink a lot of it, of course, but it is something that is is quite special, quite unique, and the whole ceremony around drinking, you know, the kava and the respect that comes with that is, is quite something. Oh, and that reminds me of in our Chinese culture and in a lot of the localities, actually, sometimes there would be tea or a variation of and uh, definitely a routine that goes along with it and then comes with it as, uh, you know, a ritual of honor and welcoming guests. And that's something I think people can relate to easily in China. Yes. And Yes, and also another thing that I came across doing research, which I found to be fascinating, is the bula spirit. And I realized that it's, it goes beyond then greeting people. Yeah. So so tell us, explain, what does the spirit embody of um, the Fiji culture? Yeah, so look, one of the first words and the last words that you're going to hear in Fiji, you hear it all the time, is, the, is bula which, yes, it means hello, but it actually really means, you know, your life force, you know, the spirit within you. So in that sense, we often talk about the Buller spirit because it talks, it talks about the life force. Fijians are known as being one of the happiest people in the world. And so part of that is, you know, when, when you come to Fiji, a lot of tourists, when they first come, they're quite overwhelmed because everybody says hello to you, everyone yells out Buller. And a lot of people think that that's sort of, you know, in some way manufactured or put on, but pretty soon they realise that after a day or so, you know, everyone's just being really friendly and everybody starts saying bula back. And that's something that, of course, is lovely in any culture is, you know, learning a little bit of language, being able to greet people in their own language is a lovely thing. So, you know, in that sense, when we have, you know, Chinese guests come to Fiji and, and you know, they get in the spirit and yell out bula to, to Fijians, you know, that's really uh, loved. Yes, indeed. And also you mentioned something about folks in Fiji are apparently among the happiest on this planet. Could you please tell us more about that? Because for me, you know, someone who's uh, living and walking in the concrete <laughs> jungle of Beijing, and I love the skyscrapers, you know, the, right. everything modernity brings, I'm fine with it. But it's really the contrast, what you just said earlier, and, you know, just let us dream on right. a little bit about what makes folks so happy over there. <laughs> yeah. And I think, look, that's the thing that sets Fiji apart from almost anywhere else in the rest of the world, because they are just such a wonderful, happy people. You know, Fiji has less than a million people, so it's very uncrowded. So, you know, really where that, that spirit comes from is that, you know, a lot of Fijians grew up in villages. So they interact with each other a lot. And so for me, you know, I've traveled the world a lot. As an example, I like to do things like jogging. So if I jogged in Beijing or Shanghai, which I've done, uh, or in New York or in Sydney, most people that you jog past, you'd be lucky that if they, you know, raise their eyebrows at you or maybe like give you a little cursory wave, but most of the time just ignore you because there's so many people. In Fiji, absolutely not. Like, you know, everybody is like, Bola! you know, waving hello, offering you assistance and helping you out. So as a tourist, I think increasingly what we're finding now in 2024, you know, tourism in some countries, you know, is almost not wanted. We don't have that at all in Fiji. We definitely want tourists to come. They're definitely made to feel really welcome. And I think that's one of the things that, 
really sets Fiji apart because, you know, tourists, when they come to, to Fiji, are made to feel really welcome. So are there any unique cultural events or experiences that Fiji offers to Chinese visitors and especially during the uh, spring festival period? And how do these contribute to the cultural exchange between the two countries? Yeah, well, I, th I think, you know, one of the things that's great is um, Chinese travelers don't need a visa to come to, to Fiji, which is great. So that makes it very, very easy, particularly during the um, Chinese New Year. And obviously in Fiji, you know, it's only a small population, so we don't have all of the, you know, the dragon dances and the celebrations that you might find in the big cities. But often a lot of the resorts will have, you know, celebrations during the week where they'll have, you know, great Chinese food. They, you know, some of them might do the dragon dances. You know, I have had to, you know, contribute money to the down the dragon's throat like you do in Beijing and Shanghai, I've done that in Fiji, but it's just not as widespread as in, in places, but most of the resorts will do something to recognise it. And, and, you know, the number of tourists that we welcome is definitely higher during that period from China. Mm. And for the Chinese audience, can you highlight some must-visit events, sites or activities? Yeah, so one of the things that is very, very popular for a Chinese tourist coming to Fiji. We have an island which is uh, just off the coast that's actually shaped like a love heart. So a lot of uh, Chinese tourists will get on the helicopter and fly over the island to take a photo of the island that's shaped like a love heart. It's called Tabarua. And I would say about 85% of the guests on, on board the helicopter going over that are, are Chinese, which is great. You know, for the for the adventure seeker, you know, Fiji has some amazing things from world-class surfing to things like skydiving to, you know, jet boats and so on and, and mountain biking. But also for people that are much more relaxed, I think some of the things that you have to do when you come to Fiji is we're known for our wellness. So, you know, getting a massage, uh, really relaxing in a spa and enjoying some of that sort of, you know, downtime to really take some time off and relax and just enjoy like Fiji time. We talk about Fiji time a lot. It just means that time goes a lot, lot slower. People aren't running around, you know, get pampered. And of course, the Chinese R&B goes a long way in Fiji. So you can definitely afford all these things. That's definitely something very useful to know. And, you know, having one of those very relaxed holidays. And I know some people like the fast paced, you know, hitting all the landmarks and tourist spots. That's one way of traveling, but there's the more laid back type and having a wonderful yeah. massage. Oh. And considering the Fiji official tourism website, looked up some numbers, 47% of the tourists who visited Fiji in 2023 were Australians and they make up the biggest percentage and then came tourists from New Zealand and the United States and only 3% of the tourists were from China. So I guess there's a lot of room to work with, I suppose. Have you noticed some of these varied tastes and preferences of Chinese travelers and have you devised specific strategies and offerings to cater towards these uh, potential clients. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's increasing a lot. That that number, um, you know, obviously at the start of last year was was zero, and we only started with two flights a week out of Hong Kong. But you know, then it went to three because of demand, then four, and now five. So, 
you know, we're up to five flights a week because of the demand. So that number, that percentage is going to go up really quickly, I think, which is really, really good. I think some of the things that Chinese travellers will, will see, you know, there's now people who are starting to use WeChat more, you know, being able to use WeChat Pay at more places, which is really helpful for, for Chinese tourists and people more familiar with, you know, using their mobile phone to be able to communicate and, you know, using uh, Google Translate, et cetera. So, you know, we've worked really hard to try and provide everybody with as many tools as possible to make the Chinese guest feel as welcome as possible. So, you know, a bit more signage now in the airport and being able to see a few words in Mandarin around the island and some more Chinese speakers. That's certainly really helpful. Yes. And is there Wi-Fi coverage pretty much everywhere? Yes. I know this is... um one of the biggest things for Chinese travellers, the actual Wi-Fi coverage in Fiji is incredibly good. It's one of those things. We are a developing country, but the Wi-Fi is very, very good. You can pretty much get it at any island, certainly all through the mainland. And now we also have Starlink as well. So, you know, even on the outer islands. And we know Chinese guests, you know, go everywhere with their mobile phones. So you'll be able to get Wi-Fi anywhere. Yeah, it's funny that... These days, the smartphone has become an extension of our organs, it feels. But uh, I'd still like to, you know, just bring a a caveat to our listeners. Just a tiny, gentle reminder that if you're in such a beautiful paradise, then maybe not look at your phone that much and just, you know, put it away and look around a little bit. But uh, it's also necessary to pay for stuff and to look for directions and maybe uh, a digital translator as such. So it's a little bit of a nuanced relationship there. Yeah. And since 2015, China and Fiji have embraced a visa-free partnership, allowing Chinese travelers to experience the Pacific Island nation with great ease. What motivated Fiji to initiate a visa-free travel campaign for Chinese tourists? And how has this impacted travel numbers and tourism dynamics? Yeah, I think that's a, a reflection of that friendship that exists between you know China and Fiji. It's... Um, a market that we saw great potential in and doing the visa is, is such a hassle, you know. So if you can take that out, it just made things a lot easier. And then also with Fiji Airways then flying directly into Hong Kong, that also makes things really, really easy. So now, as an example, the last time I came to China, I went to Chengdu. So I came into Hong Kong. I waited about an hour. My bags went all the way through to Chengdu on China Eastern. And we landed in Chengdu, you know, that evening. So, you know, the connections now are easier than ever. And I think part of that is just that recognition that the Chinese travel market is a really important one and that we, you know, want to do as much as we can to make things easy to travel to Fiji because there's so many other options around the world. If Fiji is known as a really easy destination to travel to, then we'll get more people coming. Yes, that is definitely a very good step But also, you know, just to push things even further, if let's say, you know, there are direct flights from Beijing to Fiji or, you know, Shanghai to Fiji, that'd be, you know, even better, even more convenient, I would think. You know, I wonder if that's something that maybe you guys could be working on. Every time, yeah, I mean, every time I come to China and, you know, I, I try and get up there a couple of times a year, that's always part of the conversation is, you know, when are we going to get direct flights from you know, Shanghai or Beijing. So, you know, hopefully that can happen. 
at some point. It's still it's still very easy to do now to get from you know Shanghai, Beijing down to Hong Kong and through into Nandi. But yeah, you know, hopefully we can get those direct flights from there at some point. Mm. And in light of recent global changes, you know, coming out of a pandemic and all that stuff, what new trends are emerging in Fiji's tourism sector, and also in respect with um, Chinese travelers? Yeah, I think I think a couple of things.、Um, I think one of the things that we've seen is, you know, people do want meaningful travel. They want to feel like their their travel is contributing to the place that they're going to. So people are a little bit more invested in the location that they're going to, making a decision about where they go, and so things like sustainability are really important. You know, we're seeing tourists really engage with some of the activities that we're doing. We're we're trying to preserve coral reefs and preserve some of our marine life, like manta rays, and you know some of the beautiful marine life that we have in Fiji. And I think the other thing is, you know, Chinese travelers have always been wonderful, experienced travelers. You know, they love to do lots of things in a day. And I think one of the things that we've seen during、uh, after COVID is that some of the Chinese travelers, not all, some of them, enjoying the opportunity to just yeah you know, take a slightly slower pace. You know, to be able to enjoy some of those things, like I said, you know, a massage, maybe enjoy the meal for a bit longer. You know, sit on the beach. Etc. So sure, you'll still get all the photos, still be able to upload onto your WeChat account, but maybe just take things a little slower. Yeah, takes things a little bit slower, and also I suspect that has something to do with the evolution of the Chinese tourism market as well. You know, there was a period of time when more travelers were possibly going overseas the first time, or you know, you just wanted to pack everything into your itinerary. But as people become more experienced travelers,、yeah. and yeah. you know, this more. Laid back mode might also be very appealing to people. Yeah, like I definitely think that you know what we're seeing now is you know to start with, obviously we were getting a lot of groups that were coming、uh, over to Fiji from China, and we still still get that. We still get some groups coming through, but by by far the most common Chinese traveler coming through is a you know a couple or you know a, a solo traveler or maybe two or three. And you know those those travellers are a little bit more experienced. They've been to a few parts of the world, so yeah, they're really open to to travelling around and experiencing and seeing different things. Hmm. How do you foresee the trend of Chinese outbound travel to Fiji evolving in the next few years? And are there any ongoing or planned collaborations between China and Fiji to enhance tourism and cultural exchange? Sure, sure. So I think I think one of the things that we are starting to see is that people are coming to Fiji for a little bit longer. I think that's definitely a trend. Is for that what we call sort of slow tourism. So they're actually taking a week, not trying to cram too much in, and really you know relaxing and spending some time exploring Fiji. And perhaps a real contrast to you know their busy urban life in you know the the, the big urban centres of of China. So I think that's something that you know Fiji really offers that is certainly emerging is seeing people spending a bit more time while they're here. I think as well one of the things that like I love seeing I love the Chinese traveler will pretty much try anything and I think that's one of the things that I really love about Chinese travelers is the more that they come across to Fiji you know we're seeing you know Chinese guests who are learning to surf or learning to scuba dive. Or doing some things that they might be trying for the very first time, 
And I think that's really special to see as well, that people are, you know, using their holiday as an opportunity to, to really experience things for the first time. So that's something that we love. But yeah, as I say as well, I think people are really connecting with the earth a little more. So sustainability is a real factor. Yes. And thank you for joining the show. And that's Brent Hill, CEO at Tourism Fiji. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for your valuable time and thoughts. Thank you very much for having me. I look forward to seeing uh, many more tourists come across from China to beautiful Fiji. That would be wonderful. And thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining our journey of discovery, celebrating the stories, trends, and experiences that shape this dynamic interaction between Fiji and China. And let's continue to nurture the spirit of curiosity and openness, the true essence of travel. By doing so, we celebrate the invaluable richness that these cultural exchanges contribute to our worldwide community. Stick around, everybody, for more roundtable discussion.